Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today again. And the title of this message, I don't usually give you a title, but the title of this message is The Holy Spirit, He is for you and He is for today. Now, the reason I made that, came up with that title is, as I've said all through this series, next to you getting saved, there is nothing Satan fights more than you receiving the Holy Spirit. There's nothing he fights more. If you remember, we've read this scripture over and over again in Acts chapter 1. Jesus is about to ascend to the Father, and the last words he says to the disciples is, I command you. He didn't say this is a good idea. He didn't say if it's your personality. He didn't say if you feel comfortable with it. He commands us, don't leave until you receive the Holy Spirit. The disciples weren't even paying attention. It's kind of like, you know, sometimes I look on some faces and they're... He said, don't leave until you get the Holy Spirit. They go, Lord, when are you coming back again? Now, that's a pretty important question. Lord, when are you coming back again? He said, that's not the important thing. Now, I want you to think about that. He's with them. He's, he's giving them their last marching orders. And he said, don't leave until you receive the promise which I told you. And they go, Lord, when are you coming back? Well, you know, that, you can get sidetracked on that. Well, you know, there'll be certain signs, and, and we're going to talk about that this summer. But he said, that's not the important question. The important question is not when am, are, am I coming back. That's not the most important question. The most important question is, the most important issue is, the most important thing I can share with you is, when you receive the Holy Spirit and when he comes upon you. Now, let me just emphasize something there. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is He. The Holy Spirit is not something. It is the third part of the Trinity. When you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, He came into your heart. And He said, I must go, but I will send another who is identical to me. I am with you, but He, when He comes upon you, He will lead you. He'll talk to you. He'll guide you. He'll show you things to come. And so I want you to, as we look at this, the battle for the Holy Spirit, I want you to understand that the very last thing Jesus says, they they bring up, and, and and I know I'm reiterating this, but it's so important. They said, when are you coming? I mean, you know, there's a lot of teaching right now. I'm going to do a teaching, like I said this summer, about signs of the coming of the Lord. When is he coming? But 
the Lord said, this is more important than that. Because until I do come, you need power. If you're going to survive, if you're going to be a victor, if you're going to be more than a conqueror, you need the power. And so understanding this is the last thing Jesus is saying. It's the most important thing. The devil has fought the baptism of the Holy Spirit forever. I've heard teachings on it was only for the 12, or it was just for the apostles. It's just for then, not for today. And you, you, you wonder, why has Satan so confused these scriptures? Because the Holy Spirit to you is the power of God. The power to be a Christian, the power to be a, a father, the power to be a husband, the power to be a, 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 a mother, a grandmother, a woman of God, a businessman, a businesswoman. It's the power of God. When I first got saved, I was a drug addict. I was using heroin and cocaine sometimes 10, 12 times a day. When I got saved, I asked Jesus in my heart, and I felt that change take over me. But I was still doing drugs for a couple weeks. People say, well, you weren't saved. No, I'm saved by grace, not by works. Amen? How many believe the disciples were saved? But Jesus commanded them, you need the Holy Spirit. So when I got the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit didn't save me. The Holy Spirit gave me the power to be what God wanted me to be. I was uh, driving trucks and delivering at different stores. And this one store I'd come into several times. And these people were Christians. They're good people, good Christians. And I walked in the day after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I walked in. I can remember exactly the store. I can remember exactly where it's at. I can remember the mom and, mom and dad and, and son that were running the store. And they looked at me and they said, you look different. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I feel different. Said, what happened to you? I said, last night I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, they looked at me and these are good Christian people. They're, they love God. They love the Lord. You know what they said to me? Are you speaking in tongues? And I said, yeah. And they go, we need to cast that out of you. And I, and I went, wait, 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 wait. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost last night. This is the first day that I haven't had drugs. And you're, uh, I needed drugs. And you're telling me this is a demon? And I thought immediately. I didn't even know a kingdom divided against itself can't stand. Remember what they said to Jesus? They said, you're casting out demons in the name of Beelzebub. He goes, that's, that's ridiculous. You can't cast the devil out in the name of the devil. But they wanted to lay hands on me and cast this demon out that, that was the Holy Spirit. Because they had been taught their whole lives that this is not for us. It was only for them. So I want to look at this. And, and when we're looking at this, this is almost a two-edged sword on here. I want you to look at, you know, the Bible says right before the Messiah comes, Ephesians chapter 2, the wall between Jews and Gentiles will come down, right? And the two will become one new man. 
The sign of the coming of the Messiah, the greatest sign of the coming of the Messiah, the, the, the second greatest sign of the coming of the Messiah, Israel becomes a nation. The greatest sign of the coming of the Messiah is Jews and Gentiles. The wall between us starts coming down and we become one new man. We're going to talk about Jesus and the Holy Spirit today. And I want you to look at how much Jewish roots is connected to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's going to blow your mind. The scripture I want you to already have you turn John chapter 7. John chapter 7, and we're going to read from verse 37. And this is, just as you're turning there, this is what we call in English the Feast of Tabernacles. In Hebrew, it's called Sukkot, a tabernacle. This is, the, the, this is, this is symbolic. This is a shadow of the wedding supper of the Lamb. During the time of the Feast of Tabernacles, it's a great celebration. But at the end of the celebration, it's what's called Shabbat Hagadul, the great Sabbath, the great Shabbat. And so this is Jesus teaching during the time of Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot, and Shabbat Hagadul. John chapter 7, verse 37. On the last day that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Now, most of the time we read that, and we're thinking that Jesus is simply saying, Anyone who thirsts, receive him as Lord and Savior. And he is saying that. But he's saying something much deeper. Let's read it again. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Now look at the next verse. And he who believes in me, as the scripture said, how many of you are believers? Raise your hand if you're a believer. You watching by stream, you a believer? He who believes in me, As the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Now, the main issue with this scripture is that Jesus is talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit. For every believer that believes in him, when you receive the Holy Spirit, then out of you will come rivers of living water. Living water brings birth. Living water brings harvest. Living water brings refreshment. Living water brings joy. Living water brings life. And so he's saying on the Feast of Tabernacle, during the time of the great Haggadul, the great Shabbat, during this time he says, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. Now the first thing I want you to see is Jesus is saying, The Holy Spirit will give you living waters. The second thing, in ancient Hebrew, there's no word for what? 
No word for coincidence. That's why we're to have eyes to see and ears to hear. And so it's not a coincidence that Jesus is talking about this living water and he's connecting it directly to the great feast of the Lord. Now listen to this. The Holy Spirit didn't start with the church. We think that on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. And I'm going to hit on this next week. I don't want to ruin it when we talk about, in Hebrew, the word Holy Spirit is Ruach HaKodesh. And one of the translations of that is the breath of God. You go all the way back to the book of Genesis, where the world was without form and was void of life, and God breathed on it. That same God that breathed on the earth and turned something into nothing is the same God that will breathe on us if we ask him to do it. So it started all the way back in the book of Genesis. But let's stay in the New Testament here. The first place the Holy Spirit fell was on Jesus. You know, I wrote this, and, and, and I don't know if, if this is the right way to say it or not, but to say we don't need the Holy Spirit or to say the Holy Spirit is not for us or it's not for today, and, and, and forgive me if I say this wrongly, but it's either an act of arrogance or it's an act of ignorance. My people destroyed for what reason? Lack of knowledge. I want you to look at Jesus in the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 118, the Bible calls Jesus a child of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came on Mary, right? And Mary birthed Jesus. And Matthew says he is the child of the Holy Spirit. But let's go further. In Luke 3, 21... It says, now when the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son, in whom, in, in you, I am well pleased. Now, there's a whole week of teaching on that right now. But the first thing we need to understand was, is that Jesus is connecting something we see very plainly in the book of Acts. When the day of Pentecost had fallen, they all spoke in other tongues. The whole Jewish community that came from around the world were convicted in their hearts and they said, what must we do? And what did Jesus say to them? It's not a trick question. What did he say? Number one, repent. Number two, get baptized for the remission of sin. And number three, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Now, I don't want to go into this today, but being baptized is not a sign of joining the church. It's not a sign of an outward sign of an inward work. Baptism is something tremendously spiritual. It's something I do every day in just the washing of my hands. When, when they said, what must we do? Peter said, repent. Repent. Stop doing what you're doing. Repent for the sin you committed. 
get baptized for the remission of sin. Baptism breaks the curses of this world. And once the curses, remember we talked about you got to go in and bind the strong man. You got to first kill the tares before the heart. You remember that? You got to first bind, then you lay hands on the sick. That's what baptism is doing. You are breaking the curse. Jesus didn't need to show an outward sign of an inward work. He didn't need to show he's repented of his sin. Jesus is the unblemished lamb of God. He never sinned ever, ever, ever. But he was breaking the limitations of this world. You're around negative people. You're around all kinds of different people. You're hearing things. You're seeing things. You got to break that off so that you can be the, 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 the strong man is bound. And then the Bible said the Holy Spirit came upon him. Now I'm, I, Maybe the, I'm, maybe I'm just too simple, but if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to come on him, I think I do. Is that too simple? Well, we don't need it anymore. Jesus needed it. Who never sinned? You've sinned. Matter of fact, Jesus was baptized. And while he prayed, the heavens opened up. Now listen to this. The Holy Spirit descended on him bodily. Something physically changed. Something landed on him because it's not an it. It's the third person of the Trinity. It's like being in a baseball game saying, we don't need third base. If you don't have a third base, you're not coming home. Listen to this. And a voice from heaven came and said, now this may be not not important, but it grabbed me for the first, I've been studying the word of God for 45 years. It it grabbed me yesterday in a way it never grabbed me before. And a voice came from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. Did everybody hear that? Or just Jesus? You know, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will, the Lord says he will come and lead you and guide you and teach you. And I've always thought, I've always read that, and not that it makes a lot of difference, but I've always read that and thought Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came on him, and God goes, this is my beloved son. But it didn't say, this is my beloved son. He said, you are my beloved son. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering, did everybody hear that? Or did Jesus just hear that? Because once the Holy Spirit comes on you, he will speak to you. And he will lead you. And he will guide you. And he will say, yes, this is the, what you must do as a dad. This is what you must do as a mom. This is what you must do in business. How wonderful this. Let's say you're making a business decision, a job change, an investment, whatever it is. And you don't know exactly what to do. You're limited, but you can go, Father, lead me, guide me. And the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Listen to what it says in Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus being filled. Then. Now this is the Son of God. This is the Lamb of God. Then, 
after the Holy Spirit came upon him, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you and show you things to come and teach you. Who would not want that? Here, Jesus, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, the Messiah of the world, when the Holy Spirit came on him, the Holy Spirit led him. Wouldn't it be amazing if God has a new job, a new investment? Let's say you're praying for a husband, a wife, and you say, Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, guide me. Holy Spirit, direct me. Can you imagine, instead of taking five steps forward and four steps back, we're constantly moving forward from glory to glory into the blessing of God, simply because we understand the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. Look at Luke 4.14. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Now, we know that this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And he had to be, he had to have the limitations of this world broken off of him, even though he's the Son of God. Wow, if Jesus had to be baptized... Maybe there's a reason that God says at least once a year, get rebaptized. I want you to think about your, your, your Paul running the race. I'm running the race. And you're running the race towards the victory of God. But every day, negativism and defeat. And you're pretty soon at the... But when you get baptized, when, and, and I'm not saying you, need to, you have to do this, but... Every time I go to pray and I go to study, I want to hear the voice of God. You know, um, Tiz said to me the other day, the air conditioner is not working real good. I think the filters need to be changed. I said, call Harold. (laughs) I don't even know where the filters are. And there's nothing wrong with the unit. The air conditioner is clogged. The the filter is clogged. That's, that's, That's our spirit. We, we, we know what the Word of God says. We hear the Word of God. We love the Word of God. But we're around stuff all the time. And we're hearing this going on and that going on. And it's constantly clogging our spirit. And so we need to cleanse ourselves. And when we cleanse ourselves, we can hear the voice of God clearer than we've ever heard before. Does that make sense? But not only was Jesus led... But after he was led, he experienced authority as never before over Satan. Remember, Satan tried to trick him. And what did he say? It is written. By the way, when Jesus said, it is written, where do you think that was written at? Uh, usually if I'm traveling and I say, where, where did Jesus, where was it written? They go, Matthew, Mark, Luke. There was no Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He's quoting the Torah. He's quoting the, the five books of Moses. And he said, as it's written, and he saw 
by the, by the revelation of God's word, and he saw by the power of God, Satan defeated. And the Bible says Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. So we see that Jesus himself received the Holy Spirit or received the refreshing of the Holy Spirit, or a new anointing of the Holy Spirit. We see this. It's one of the most famous scriptures in the Bible. But what about us? Because one of the battles is, is that, well, it's not for us. It's gone away. It doesn't happen anymore. It was only for the 12. Uh, You've got all the Holy Spirit the moment you get saved. And I want to show you, biblically, five touches of the Holy Spirit real quick. Number one, you're touched by the Holy Spirit the moment you're born. Or not the moment you're born, but the moment you take a breath. Remember, the Holy Spirit is Ruach HaKodesh, the breath of God. So when you come out, and, 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 and uh, uh, I, I can remember, we, we, we birthed Luke at home. N- not on purpose. <laughs> we didn't read the signs of the coming of the... Not Messiah, but. And I remember he came out. He came out, but he's not breathing. How many ladies know what I'm talking about? He's not breathing. So I held him up and I went. <laughs> then I went. And he goes. <laughs> and he took a breath. And the moment you take a breath, the moment you take a breath, you're breathing in the presence of God. You're breathing in the breath of God. So we have that breath of God when we're born. We have that breath of God when we're born again. 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says, No man calls Jesus Lord except the Spirit draws him. Now, this is very important. You don't get saved when you want to. You don't say, oh, well, you know, if you're here or you're watching, you're not born again, you go, ah, you know, I'm going to get saved one of these days. No, you don't, you don't choose when you get saved. You only get saved when God draws you. When the Holy Spirit draws you. And you don't know if he'll draw you tomorrow. Because the Bible says the Holy Spirit will not, will not struggle with a man forever. So the moment you get born again, it's because the Holy Spirit has touched you. Number three is that there's a special times in our lives when God will touch us with the presence of God. Whether we're filled with the Holy Spirit or not, he'll touch us with the presence of God. Jesus is crucified. He's buried in the tomb. He's resurrected. And the Bible says the disciples were discouraged. Mary sees that Jesus is, is, is alive. She goes and tells them they're still not sure. And the Bible says in John 20 that he breathed on them, the Holy Spirit. But even though he breathed on them, the Holy Spirit, What did he say next? Don't leave until you get filled with it. Here's a temporary strength. There are times when God will give you a temporary, okay, I feel better. But why not have that every moment of every day that you can walk in the spirit and in the power of a living God? Why not have that every day? Why not want that every day? Amen? Amen? The fourth is the filling of the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, 
And then the fifth one is when we gather together or whenever we need it. The Bible says we're leaky vessels. Ephesians 5.18 says to be continually filled. In other words, when we come to church and we're worshiping God and we're singing, we lift up our hands, we're saying, God, refill me. It's like a giant funnel. God, refill me. Fill me back because we've, we, we're dealing with things. We're out in the world. We're not, a, you know, I, I, I have a really good job. I'm around Christians almost all the time. And when I get out in the world and I'm around sinners, I go, holy cow, no matter you, no wonder you guys are going through stuff. Look what's out there. And so we're constantly being drained, constantly being, 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 being leaking vessels. And so we need to come in and say, God, refill me. And when we praise him and we worship him, God inhabits that praise. Amen. So we have these five encounters. But I want you to, I'm just going to go through this very quickly, is we see that Jesus was filled, and, and this is to debate any, any double-mindedness in you that, well, it was only for the apostles, it was only for uh, the beginning of the church. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, the 12 were filled with the Holy Spirit, the 70 elders were filled with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I was thinking, that's, Scotty, John, that's a good, Luke, that's a good teaching. The 70 elders of Jesus, the 70 elders of Moses. But in the last days, Revelations, there's only 24 elders. There's been a gleaning. But it's, it's, a, great stu- it's, a, it's a great study. So we have the Jesus filled, 12 filled, 70 filled, uh, 100, and 120 filled. Acts 1.15, in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Together, the number of the names was about 120, and all filled on the day of Pentecost. So here we have, this just refutes all the teaching against the Holy Spirit. Jesus, we don't need it. Jesus needed it. Well, it was only for the 12. We know the 12 got it. But after the 12, the 70 got it. After the 70, the 120 got it. But see, then we hear, well, that was for the start of the church. If the start of the church needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the latter rain will be greater than the former, how much more are we ready for the Holy Spirit? Right? Look what it says in Acts 2, 38 and 39. You, now, now look, look at me. These are not people who really understand the teachings of Jesus. This is the day of Pentecost. They're all there bringing their first fruit offering. They're all, they're all there. This is Pentecost. In Hebrew, Shavuot. The, the 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. 50 days after Passover. They're in there from all over the world. And the Holy Spirit fell, and they began to speak with other tongues. And Peter said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And they said, what must we do? And Peter said, repent, get baptized for the remission of sin. Let's break these curses. And by the way, when we hear we're not under the curse of the law anymore, can I tell you what that means? If If you steal... Not only have you sinned, but you've released a curse on you. And there's no guarantee. That's what Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is about. There's no guarantee, even if you repent, the curse is broken. But with Jesus, the blood 
covers us in seven different areas. And so if we stole something and we repent, not only is it forgiven, the curse of that law is broken and who the sun sets free shall be free indeed. Do you understand? That's what that scripture means. All right, so, but look at it. So here they are, day of Pentecost. These are the same people that watched Jesus be crucified as Rome crucified the Lord. And it says, and it says in Acts 2, 38 and 39, you, they said, what must we do? They're all these Jews. What must we do? You shall receive, not the 12, not the 70, not the 120, you. So here, here, we're, going to a, here we're going to tens of thousands now. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is to you, your children, and all that are afar off, as many as the Lord shall call. Now, we're about as far off as anybody can be, because that was the first church. We're the last church, but here is the word of God. This is not just for Jesus. It's not just for the 12. It's not just for the the 70 elders. It's not just for the 120. It's not just for the first church, the start of it, because they had to have it. I've heard so many messages. I had to have it to start the church. If they went, if they came in with the power of God and the latter rain will be greater than the farmer this is for you and your children and as many as are afar off as the Lord God should call. So that cancels it right there. That cancels it right there. In Acts chapter 19, I'll, I'll read. I'm going to read it to you. Acts chapter 19, starting with verse 1. It, it, it's too good just to skip over. I have eight minutes. Acts chapter, well, I have eight minutes on the clock. <laughs> Acts chapter 19, look at this. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth. Now, now, well, this is, this is just for the apostles. This is, this, is, this is only for them. Well, now we got Paul involved. And I won't even get to the Paul on the road to Damascus and the Holy Spirit coming on him. And it changed his life, changed the history of the world. He was killing people who worshiped Jesus until the Holy Spirit showed up. We can have the Holy Spirit show up in America again. We can have it. We can have it. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some of the disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, see, that's one of them. Well, we got all the Holy Spirit we need when we believed. Well, how many believe Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Peter? How many believe they believed? They believed. Then they saw him rose from the dead. Now they really believe. I mean, you're dead, you're alive. I believe. But don't leave until you get the Holy Spirit. No, no, I already believe. No, this is, not, this is not about believing. This is about the power of God. So look what he says. Have you received the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, now they're already believers. And they said to him, 
We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. We haven't, we haven't even heard of it. How many people right here are watching around the world say, I, I, didn't even know, I didn't know these things. This is your day. This is your day. This is your day. And he said to them, Into what were you baptized? And they said, Under John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptizes with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized, they repent, baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Can I, can I, can I give, give you a side? We're going to deal, deal with the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to deal with the gifts of the Spirit. Can I give you a side thing? When you are filled with the fruit of the Spirit, whenever you speak, you are prophesying. You know what? I don't think we're going to make it. According to your faith, be it unto you. You know what? We are more than conquerors. We're not going under. We're going over. According to your faith, be it unto you. Do you understand that? You got, you got to understand. They spoke in tongues and prophesied. Now, I want you to understand something here, and, and, and there's too much to cover. We're going to get into all this. But they spoke in tongues. They, received, they were baptized, break the curse, limitations of this world. They were baptized. You know, when Israel came out of Egypt, you know what the word Egypt means? Limitation. It's a word, Egypt means limitation. It's not a coincidence that they walked through the water, and the water closed over their enemy so they were free to make the journey to the promised land. Do you, do you get it? And the Bible says they spoke in tongues. Before you say something about your situation, pray in the Spirit. Praise Him in the... We're going to talk about next week. Next week we're going to pray for everybody to get a freshing of the Holy Spirit. But I'll throw this in on you. Well, what if I speak it in tongues and it's not of God? You can't fake it. We'll get into this next week. If you ask for a fish, your father's not going to give you a scorpion. So before you say something, first speak in the spirit. Get your spirit lined up with what God is. You know, you're feeling bad. You're feeling negative. You just lost your job. You just heard this. You just heard that. And before you say anything, go, because, and I'm going to get in this next week, you're building yourself up in the most holy faith. Once you're built up, then speak the words. And what you're speaking is now prophesying over your situation. Does that make sense to you? You look at your child and your child, your grandchild, they're not doing good and everything. And you're looking at the logic, but you need to call things which are not as though they were. You need to call things that are not as though they were. And so instead of reacting to your flesh, 
speak in the spirit, praise him in the spirit, enter in. And then all of a sudden, instead of seeing them them uh, on drugs or seeing them in trouble, whatever. Now you're seeing them the way God said, you know what? Our kids are going to be saved. You and your children shall be saved. This is for you and your children, as many as far off as the Lord God could call. Now you're speaking in agreement with God because you first took the time to speak in tongues and connect yourself to the wisdom of God. We'll go over this next week. Acts chapter, oh, I didn't finish this, did I? I have two minutes and 50 seconds. And when he said to them, what were you baptizing? Then Paul said, indeed, baptism of the repentance. And he said, they laid the hands on them. The Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Next week, I'm going to read Acts chapter 10, verse 44. And all of you know this. It's one of the most amazing teachings that is in the Bible that affects you and me because Peter is praying and God shows him something and he says not so Lord I'm not touching anything that's unclean now the power the reason I want to take just one minute on this the power of God is not just for us but it is a demonstration to everyone who's watching us Let me say that again. The power of God is not just for us. It is for us. It heals the sick. It opens blind eyes. It delivers. It sets the captive free. It brings the blessing. That's the power of God. But Malachi says, I'll open you the windows of heaven, pour out such a blessing. That's not just financial. That all the world will call you blessed. I guarantee you the world looked at Lion's story. The world, look, everywhere I go, people want, want us to tell the story of lying and tis. The world's paying attention, right? One of the greatest teachings is this Peter and, and praying, and God shows him these things, and he says, not so, Lord, I've never touched anything unclean. And he's talking about a Jew being in unity with a Gentile. And God says, don't you call what I've cleansed unclean right and then who shows up cornelius and cornelius says listen we're, we're ready for the power of the holy spirit we'll, we'll get into this next week we're ready for the power of the holy spirit and paul they baptize him the holy spirit comes upon him and paul says who am i to deny deny when the power of god falls who am i to deny their faith. That's going to happen worldwide, folks. Whether it's in your family or where you work or whatever it is. Now, let me close with this. The power of God. The Bible says in the last days, the eyes of the Gentiles will be open, and we'll realize we have inherited some useless and meaningless things. We'll realize that. One of the greatest rabbinical teachers in the history of the world, Rabbi Schneerson, made this statement. You've heard me say it's in one of my books. And he said, the Messiah is ready to come. He said, but at first, he said, but one thing has to happen first. The Gentiles' eyes will be open. And they'll begin to understand the power of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Feast of Tabernacles, Pentecost, Passover, Resurrection. 
And he said, the power of God will be so great. And that's why I wanted to take a little bit longer today to show you these things that Jesus are teaching on the power of the Holy Spirit are directly connected to the revelations of the feast of the Bible. They're directly connected. And here's his invitation. If any of you thirst, any of you thirst, come to me. And I will give you rivers of living water. And the Bible says he was talking about the Holy Spirit. If they, if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, if Peter, James, and John needed the Holy Spirit, if the 70 elders needed the Holy Spirit, can I throw one thing in? Can I throw one thing in? If you are sitting under this ministry, whether you're here or watching, the Bible says that you have a, a right to a double portion of my anointing, right? You have a right to a double portion. And, and I believe that. Luke, lift your hands up. Father, I release on my son a double portion of the anointing of God. Brandon, where are you? Brandon, I release a double portion of the anointing of God on you in Jesus' name. Father, exceedingly, abundantly, above anything that I've ever imagined or dreamed for my son, the destiny, Luke, that God has for you is beyond anything that we can imagine in Jesus' name. Brand, the same thing for you, the double anointing, the double portion of, of, of myself and of your father, we release that double portion in Jesus' name. Look at me. Look at me. Stand with me all over the building. We, I, where do you go? I, I promise I'd be close to, because we have to, you have to go out to lunch for the birthing assistant uh, something, something, the birthing person's assistant lunch. Moses, Moses, next to Jesus, was the most anointed person in the Bible. And Moses is up speaking to God. And God says, I'm going to paraphrase it, God says, gather me 70 elders and bring them up that we can fellowship together. And Moses, in in so many words, says, Lord, you want 70? He said, I'm going to take the anointing that's on you and I'm going to put it on these 70. And so wherever they go, they can release that anointing on the ones they come in contact. If the anointing on Moses and the 70 were great, and the anointing on Jesus and on the 12 and on the 170 and 120 was great in the latter reign, how much greater would it be in the former reign? How much greater would it be in the latter reign where Jesus said, I will pour out, pour out, Think about a river of living water and God pouring out. Not just, oh, once in a while we have. I'm telling you, I've been feeling something since I've been studying this. I've been feeling a a different anointing on me every day. A, a, A different presence of God on me every day. I feel my prayer life has like been plugged back in. It's like being, I just feel the presence of God 
everywhere. I'm just, I'm out down the barn feeding cattle, and all of a sudden I just feel the presence of God, and I just stop and begin to praise him and worship him and let him speak to me and let him guide me. That same thing wants to come on all of us. Amen? Lift your hands up. Father, in the name of Jesus, and all of you that are watching by stream, lift your hands towards us. Father, in the name of, oh, I can feel it. Folks, I'm, I'm not just saying this to say it. I can feel my hands that are like on fire, vibrating. Father, I release the presence of God. I release that, that double portion of sensitivity, of hearing the voice of God, of being led. I release, oh, there it is, the power, the power of God. Say power. I release the power of God on all of our lives in every area of the power to be a father, a mother, a grandfather, a grandmother, businessman, businesswoman, student. I release the power of God. I release the power of God on our worship team in a new anointing. Worship team, lift your hands. I release the power of God on our worship team that is like never before. Father, let their words be like rivers of living water that as they sing, people are being delivered and people are being set free and people are being healed. I release that on all of our ushers right now, on every one of our ushers and every one of our workers back in Kid City. I release this anointing, this fresh anointing of God that everyone that walks by can feel that. I release a sensitivity to hearing the voice of God in Jesus' name. Now put your hands down. I want to say one last thing. Close your eyes. No man calls Jesus Lord except the Spirit draws him. There's nothing more important than walking in the power of God except knowing God. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and no one's looking around, you're here and you say, Pastor Larry, you know what? I need the power of God, the blessing of God in my life, in my home, in my family, in my, with my children. And I know that starts with me by receiving Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never been saved, or maybe you're backslid, or maybe you've grown lukewarm, and boy, your oil. Look at me a second. Look at me a second. When you go through a battle, the enemy's trying to drain you. But I'm going to tell you something. You don't have to go through the drain. You can go from glory to glory to glory by the power of the Holy Spirit. I feel like there's people, before we pray for salvation, how many people here have gone through something? You feel drained. Lift your hand up. You feel drained. You feel, wow, see? See? And the devil tell you you're the only one. Lift your hands up. Father, in the name of Jesus, say this right now. Father, right now, I receive a refilling of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God in my life, in my home, and in my family. Now realize when you say this, God's going to do this. In my life, in my home, in my family, in my business, I receive a fresh anointing of the presence of Almighty God. In Jesus' name. Now let's say this out loud. Father, I come before you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned. But I know this. You love me so much 
you sent Jesus Christ to pay the price in full for all my sin. Right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And Father, refill me right now with the Holy Spirit. I will give you praise. I will give you glory. And I will walk in victory. For I declare in the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Ghost, I am, I am, I am more than a conqueror. If you believe that, give the Lord a conqueror.